You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. It's been a roller coaster season, but the Montreal Canadiens have made the playoffs. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. This is the Habs Culture Podcast, and today we're in a very good mood because, of course, next week the Montreal Canadiens will play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. We'll talk about the matchup a bit later. The playoffs start this Saturday with the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals, so that's going to be exciting also. But before we get into the playoffs and previews, lines, and all that, I wanted to bring this up. The Montreal Canadiens got their one point in an overtime loss to clinch a playoff spot against the Edmonton Oilers a few nights back. The headlines the next morning concerned Quebec, politics, and a hockey team, where the Montreal Canadiens didn't suit a Quebec-born player for the first time since 1910, which is pretty shocking. It's like, wow, they had a good run. It's pretty cool that they had this many Quebec-born players, you know, guys from here in the lineup. But CBC suggested, well, this was kind of their headline. They said, Coach Dominic Ducharme scratched loan-eligible Quebecer in favor of Paul Byron. Let's remind you, or those listening, Paul Byron had his best game of the season against the Flames. This headline comes out the next morning. This is Alex Belzil we're talking about. That's the eligible Quebecer. Paul Byron makes $3.2 million or 3.4. I think it's over this. It was a two-year contract at 3.2, if I'm not mistaken. So is CBC suggesting that the Montreal Canadiens, who are a professional hockey team and are entering the playoffs, sit a guy that they're paying over $3 million for an AHL roster player. Can I give you my input? 100%. I don't think it's something that we should dive into too deep. No. And I'll tell you why. Because this has been an ongoing trend for years, right? This comes as no surprise to anyone. And look, I understand. So I say I understand, but... Take it with a grain of salt. I understand why the French people here in Quebec are trying to preserve the language, the culture. I get it. Mm -hmm. But when that same mindset and same mentality transitions over to a hockey team where they're making millions of dollars a year and honestly, where the end goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when these little political mishaps, if you will, continue to happen where it's about bringing in the, the most amount of French players possible and bringing in only French players or having a certain amount of French players. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good French hockey players, but when that's the sole mindset, it really does take a toll on the team. It really does. It says, Montreal Canadiens forward Alex Belzil picked up an assist in Saturday's loss to the Maple Leafs, which is true. He will be scratched from tonight's game against the Oilers. It sounds like we're talking about Nick Suzuki here, that we're scratching an elite player. They're scratching an AHL player, and I take nothing against Alex Belzil because he works hard, hard and he deserves to have chances in the National Hockey League. But what, he got an assist, so he's the best player in the league? I mean, I have another headline in front of me. This was published by the Montreal Gazette two days ago, so May 11th, saying, Legault says Habs Brass could try harder to get Quebecers on the team. When he refers to the Brass, he's referring to the management. This was more important than making the playoffs. Well, that's what it seems like, and that's the problem. Right? 
I mean, how many Quebecers in the National Hockey League can you say would make a strong impact in the Montreal Canadiens? Three, maybe. So we're looking at Jonathan Huberto. Jonathan Huberto. Bergeron. Oh, Bergeron and Colorn. Right, but that's even a stretch. I mean, significant impact. If we're talking about an instant impact player, those two, right? Like Duclair doesn't go into that category. Because he's from, he's not like. He's Quebec born. Right, he is. But I I don't know if he goes into that category. But regardless, I think what we're dealing with here is that the organization and the province are more worried about having a significant amount of French players on their team or Quebec-born players on their team as opposed to the actual real ultimate goal, which is the Stanley Cup. And this is not a hot take because I think we can all agree on this. But as long as this mindset is still in place, I don't see them winning a Stanley Cup. Well, look, it ha- the perfect example just happened this year. We traded our highest prospect at the time, Mikhail Sergachev. For Jonathan Joy, right? For Jonathan Joy, who was a third overall pick. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I, and I'm not trying to like burst your bubble here, but you know what's crazy? Or not what's crazy, what's actually pretty obvious is that we can both agree <laughs> that that trade never goes through if Jonathan Drouin is not Jonathan Drouin. Well, yeah. I know, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know it's an obvious statement, but what I'm saying is that that's still crazy to me that that trade only goes through, not only, not solely, but a big part of the reason that that trade goes through is because he's French. And because he's an extremely talented player from Quebec. Like, he's a good hockey player. He is a good hockey player. But now you can see, we're talking so much about Quebec-born players and the impact they have wearing this jersey that the guy had to leave because he couldn't handle it. Because he gets too much pressure for being, you know, a very good French Quebec-born player. That isn't producing. Right. Right? And like Tony Marinaro said a few days ago, Philip Deneau is probably loving this. Look at all the leverage he has now in contract negotiations. Because mm-hmm. now he could say, Jonathan Drouin is scared to play in this market. I'm the only guy left who speaks this language. You better sign me long term. And again, your comments and your remarks go further to the organization itself. Bergevin. He's French, right? He speaks French. I'm assuming he's from Quebec, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I I know it's pretty obvious, but I don't want to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. He, and then then it goes further to the coach, and you look at Dominic Ducharme. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see coaches or GMs for the Montreal Canadiens, at least for the time being, with the mindset that they hold, be anything but French. And now I have nothing against Dom Ducharme and I have nothing against Bergevin. And I actually have nothing against any other coach or any other French coach that, that's been behind the Habs bench or in Montreal's office. But it just seems that when Jeff Molson is making his picks for who takes the job, it's solely based on who's the best French coach or who's the best French GM and not who's the best GM and who's the best coach. The last English-speaking coach was Randy Cunningworth. And he got flamed. Mm-hmm. He got flamed. And we're going to move on from this because, look, again, I don't love talking about politics. And, right. And I just want to chime in because for people listening... We are not against the language. We're not against the language, the culture. We are not against any of that. It's just really tough when it when it gets brought into sport. Well, it's more the fact that we're we're talking about a professional sports team that hasn't won since 1993, and we're making the playoffs. And in order to win, you have to make the playoffs. And we're talking about Alex Belzil, who should be in the lineup rather than Lekkonen, Evans, and Byron, who had a great night. And got this team a playoff right. point. I know. It's 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 very frustrating. In the bubble, the Canadians apologized. Yeah, they for... apologized because Kirk Muller was taking over. Because Claude Julien had to take a leave of absence because of his heart conditions. They had to apologize. 
and they were winning hockey games. Whatever. Look, again, like I said, we're not against the culture, not against the language. We just want to make that clear. It's just more when it gets imposed on our favorite sports team, and not only our favorite sports team, but our favorite professional sports team. And that it's colliding with the success of this team. Right, right. That they're successful, but they're still a negative. Exactly. But right? let's let's move on because we are in a playoff spot. And let's look forward to that, I guess. 100%. So I actually have a question for you. Because since, you know, this season has been full of ups and downs, right? Full of them. So my question to you is I have a question and then I have four, I guess, sub-questions. Okay. So this is actually an idea that was imposed on me by Tony Marinaro. I was listening to the radio show yesterday. Great show. Always love listening to that guy. Yeah, he's the Full best. of energy. He's, he's the, the best. best. So he said, end of the regular season for the Habs, who was? Now there's four questions. Okay. I'll give you time to think. Yeah. The biggest surprise and why. Okay. The player who you are really starting to like and why. Okay. The Habs' best player and why. Okay. And the biggest disappointment and why. And when I, the reason I say why is because, you know, I don't want you to just give me names. I want, I want a reasoning. And I kind of have a few off the top of my head, but... I'd like to hear what you have to say. Okay, so what was the first one? So the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise for me. And I guess I guess when when referring to the biggest surprise, it's who I guess overperformed, like not underperformed, because that would be in the biggest disappointment. Biggest surprise for me is Tyler Toffoli. Okay. I right. knew I knew he's I like you I knew he knew, knew how to score beforehand. goals. Yeah, right. exactly. I knew he could score goals. But at the rate he was doing it, and that every time he was on the ice, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to score. I never I never had a feeling of that in the past. It's been a long time since I've watched a Canadiens game and said, this guy's probably going to score in a game. Right. Right? So I'm going to go tell it to Foley. Okay, I like that. And then the player who you are really starting to like. The player who I'm really starting to I like. I have one, and I hope you don't take it, just because. I think it's pretty obvious, though. Is it? It's Josh Anderson. Okay, fair. I agree with that. Yeah. I have another one who's a little bit of a sleeper, but we'll we'll get to it. I've always liked him, Josh Anderson. It's yeah, not like no, I'm starting player. to like him now. The whole season I've liked no, him. No, for sure. But, you know, I find he's embraced his role here. That's the biggest thing for and me. He likes it. When he signed that seven-year contract, I told myself, there's not many players around the league. That can do what he does. No, no, that would oh. get traded to this team and sign seven years without even going to the Bell Center for the first time. He never even... Went in the locker well, room. he's going to enjoy that with fans. Because a lot of players are scared of this market. A lot of players, you have to really convince them and you have to show them the 24 banners for them to really sign or put pen to paper. He did it without even right. walking into the Bell Center for the first time. For sure. So that's when I knew this guy's going to be committed. And he hasn't shown, he's shown all of that throughout the whole year. For sure. Real leader. A real leader on this team. Agreed. Okay, next. The Habs best player and why? Jake Allen. I like it. The most consistent player. The guy who... I love his media presence. You know, he always talks good about his other players. And he's just... Uh, what a solid year he had. His numbers really don't We reflect. would not be in the playoffs without him. Yeah. And if that num- was Lindgren... Oh. It wouldn't even be close. His numbers do not reflect the season he had and the impact he had on this and team. And I actually want to talk about that after because there was actually a heated debate between Tony and a caller about Jake Allen's stats versus Carey Price's stats. And I I take one side heavily, but I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So we'll talk about it. And then lastly, the biggest disappointment. Shea Weber. He showed us in the bubble that he still had three years left of good hockey. Now I don't even know if he has a year left. It's... He did a full 180. He played very well in the bubble. He was aggressive. He was hitting players. He's making plays. He showed up this year. He couldn't even bump a guy off the puck. Right. If you're going to be slow, at least be aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, he had one of those seasons. But he's going to have to go for my uh, my pick there. Okay. I respect it. So, I'll just give you a rundown yeah, of mine yeah. quickly. The biggest surprise. I mean... I think it has to be to Foley, but if I'm going to go a different path and, you know, just give a, a, a little off 
you know, not, not the same answer as you because mm-hmm. I want to be a little different here. Jake Evans? So that's actually a player who I'm really starting to like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I love Because Jake, honestly, yeah. I'm going to talk about him after I just give my answer. Okay. But I was going to say Nick Suzuki. And I'm not going to say that he's a really? surprise to me. Okay. But I was just so surprised how in this market and in this organization, it's very hard to stay consistent. What I mean by that is he had a very good rookie season where he was able to produce and show his worth and prove his worth. But we never know in this organization if that will carry over from year to year. And I think this year he had a little time there where, you know, he was a little off, but I think during the spans and basically overall throughout the season where he was producing, he looked like an elite player. Yeah. His creativity, his 200 foot game, and honestly, everything in between. So I'm not going to say it's a, a, I'm not going to say it's a huge surprise, but I was just surprised to see that he's able to, really bring his game in basically for a whole year. Yeah. After his rookie year. Yeah. Except for that. Those few months, right? <laughs> right. But, okay, I guess what I'm referring to is the two little, not point streaks, but I guess oh, yeah. those stretches of 15 games, 10, 15 games. Yeah, yeah. Of he looked it. elite. Yeah, okay, understand. understand. And look. Let's be real. Not every player, especially in their sophomore season, is going to produce at a that rate throughout the whole season. He did have his slump there. Which is normal. Condensed but I just season. think it's a surprise to me that he's actually... Look, I think this is the first center that the Habs have had in a long time that's actually able to do what he does. You don't really find many guys that are great in both zones, mm-hmm. right? Offensive and defensive. And when he's... At his best, his creativity levels are through the roof. And what he's able to do is incredible. Confidence and opportunity, which number 15 doesn't have. Unfortunately. But we're not going to talk about that anymore. So look, I don't want to stay too much on this topic because, you know, we mm-hmm. want to talk about other things. But I'll just give the rundown of the rest of, my, rest of my picks. Yeah. Jake Evans is who I'm really starting to like. Ever since he's made his impression or his first impression in the lineup as a fourth line center. Like last I'll, year? mostly the beginning of the season because I didn't, I didn't think his game was as strong last season. I think he made significant strides and Joel Bouchard said he wasn't ready during the off season. Crazy. Anyway. So since the beginning of the season where he was slotted in at the fourth line center all the way till now, where he's basically, I guess established his role as a third or fourth line center. I mean, Dano's not there right now. Sorry. He might've said that last off season. Okay. No worries. I don't want to, Make a mistake there. But yeah, no, go ahead. Fine. Sorry. <laughs> but I think, you know, when I... We watch every game. Yeah. And when he's on the ice, and I'm very serious when I make this comment, he ma- he has an impact on the game every time he touches the ice. Because he doesn't want to sit in the stands. And he shouldn't. And exactly. if he does, I will be very upset. He won't. Well, the thing is, right, is that Eric Stahl was brought in to take in that fourth-line center role for leadership purposes and also for, you know, he... Mark Bergevin still believe that he... Sorry? We know who's going to get taken out. We're going to talk about it later, and we're not going to be happy about it, but we know who's going to get taken out. Anyway, Jake Evans definitely deserves a spot in the lineup during the playoffs, and I think what he's brought to the table this season has really impressed me, and I think going forward, we might see some untapped potential come to fruition here. Great answer. Uh, Next, Habs best player. I gave Suzuki as my first answer. I think I'm going to go with Tyler Toffoli. Okay. Without the goals that he scored, I don't know where we would be. 100%. And I think that, you know, he's also brought character to this dressing room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the article that was posted yesterday that he... I did, yeah. Pretty cool article. I didn't read it yet, but... I just saw some quotes. Right, so did yeah. I. But it looks like he's really happy to be a Hab. Mm-hmm. And that, on top of the fact that he's producing in... People thought that... Sorry, people thought that he was only able to produce against Vancouver. He proved them wrong. He scores, he scored 30 plus goals, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's at 31 or 32. Is he? Is he not at 30? I think he's at, oh, I think he hit 30 in Calgary. He might have. I'm going to check now. Anyway, regardless, he's proving that he's able to score goals. He's scoring goals in big moments, five game winning goals. So that's my best player. And lastly, the biggest disappointment, even though he's in an unfortunate situation right now, I'm going to have to go with Jonathan Drouet. I think we saw some I think we saw some sparks or some flashes of good at the beginning of the season. He was moving his feet, 
He was making plays. Then as the season progressed, you saw that go downhill. Now, I don't want to disregard his situation. However, I think he wasn't bringing his game, so he's my most disappointing player during the season. 28 goals for Tyler Tafoli. 28 goals. Why do I... I don't know why I thought he had more. Me too. I guess he's just scoring at a crazy pace. Yeah. But anyway, 28 goals. Where, where would... Where would the Habs be without 28 goals right now? Nowhere. And Josh Anderson's 17 goals. Wow. Crazy to think. So before we get into the matchup, do you want to ask me that Jake Allen, Carey right. Price? J- and we'll go over it quickly. Basically, some guy on the air last night, or sorry, uh, it was yesterday during the day, okay. I think around lunchtime. Some, some guy said that, because everyone that was coming on the air was saying that Price was the most disappointing player during the season. Okay. Okay. He said, I don't understand. I don't, and this guy said, I don't understand why he gets so much backlash because when comparing the stats, Price has one more win than Jake Allen and a better goals against, but a worse save percentage. So everyone's talking about how great Jake Allen's playing, but Carrie Price, you know, quote unquote, has better stats. And, I don't think no, that's a fair comment to it's me. It's not. I know not. we I knew we were going to agree and Tony Marinaro definitely agrees with us on mm-hmm. this one. But he basically said he's getting paid 10 and a half million dollars. That's all you need to know. Well, just money aside, Carey Price, if you look at the talent he has, didn't have the season he should have had. Like at the start of the season when the Canadians were winning 6-5, 5-4, five, five, losing 6-5, we should not have to score that many goals to win the game, exactly. right? Exactly. So and Carey he, Price had, there were some goals that I was like, come on, what's going on here? Right. And Tony Marinaro is looking at his save percentage and goals against average compared to other goalies throughout the league. And he brought up names like Linus Allmark, Cam Talbot, Shesterkin. And I mean, when, you're ha- when we're having this specific conversation and you know you tie those goalies into it and you look and say, well, those goalies are, I guess, outproducing Carey Price with, with, a very simple, with a very similar sample size, I mean... What's the excuse there? How many back-to-backs has Jake Allen played over the last stretch? Right, exactly. And, and he's saying he was... The guy was basically saying that, you know, people are saying how well Jake Allen's playing, but look at the stats and that and that says otherwise. But, I mean, let's be real. Jake Allen, first of all, isn't the starting goalie. And he was thrown into very difficult situations. And the goals... More times Ever than since not. he went in nets, the goal just reduced. They stopped scoring the Canadians. Exactly. They so he him. wasn't getting the, the same... Um, support. The same support, correct. Anyway, that was the debate, but... So Hobbs Toronto. Oh, man. I... This is going to be a great series to watch. It sucks that there's no fans. But... The Leafs are a very, very, very strong team, especially up front. And obviously, we want to see our team win. But they're going to have to play perfect hockey to win four games. And you're you're going to have to limit Toronto to max three goals in a game if you want to win. And to do that, you need all your defensive core... To play like we were promised, which was playoff built, strong, not easy to play against in the corners, stuff like that. So, I know this isn't specific to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it revolves around the decor. I made a mistake last episode, and I said that Joel Edmondson should be taken out of the lineup. I didn't know that he was playing, you know, pretty good hockey. So, I want to take back my comments just okay. for anyone listening. But I will replace it with someone else. I will replace that comment with someone else. Ooh. I think come playoff time, I think Ben Chirac should be taken out of the lineup. No, he's, he won't. Well, I think he should. It doesn't mean it will happen, but I think he I, should. I, I think he played well. Um, Mark, he's a turnover machine. He's a turnover machine. That Look. play that he made in overtime where he pinched up on Dreisaitl and Cahoon basically got the break. Yeah, but that's but, also on Tatar in the corner. Okay, fair enough. But the thing is that overall throughout the season, what are you giving Sherratt grade? Eight, eight F. The whole defensive core has been meh. When Sherratt plays hockey, I cringe. There's been worse And I hope he doesn't listen to this. There's been worse defensemen. Not There's this season. Weber.
Like, come on. Okay, Gustafson maybe, reeks. maybe, fine. But the usage that Sherrod is getting. And they play together, by the way. Yeah, I know, which is a disaster. And they will continue to play together if Weber comes back. They will. But, Mark. I, I believe on. that they're going to come back with a mission. Oh, I don't disagree with you. And I think that the Habs will step up their game and elevate their game in the playoffs because they always do, right? Yeah, but you can't take Sherrod out for game one. You just can't. That's impossible. So you can't, but I... Okay, but... You can't put Gustafson. He reeks. Like, this guy sucks. If we would have given more than a seven, I don't care if he's listening. You can't tell me. This guy plays like he has a hole in his stick. Okay, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Mark, Romanov and Merrill have not been playing any better. Romanov, I'm not going to take any, anything away from him because he's still learning. And you right, see that okay, okay. they're giving him, they're dealing with his mistakes so that he learns from them. Okay, but fine. all in all, the whole defensive core has struggled. Yeah. But you can't tell me Except that a guy Victor like Mette. Ben... I miss that guy. I really miss that guy. <laughs> he should have never been waived, ever. It's fine. It's over. I, I, I'm happy for him because he's in a way better situation. He is in a, better, in a way better situation. But, Mark, we both watched the games. This is the second time I say it today. Mm-hmm. When Ben Sherrod is in the offensive corner, come on. Why? You're not good enough to be there. But none of these defensemen are offensive, so they shouldn't. But that's three on three. Right? Are you talking about three no. on three? No. Oh, okay. Oh, it's when he like rushes in, dumps and Why? change. Yeah. No, come on. Okay, but. He's a very overrated. I, I mean, I'm going to say overrated. I'm going to say overrated within the Montreal organization's fan base. I don't know why they value him so much. I really dislike him. Because there's no one else to value. Because we waived <laughs> Victor Mete. <laughs> well, no, look, if you're in the playoffs, come on. Like, Sherrod Weber, you have to have that strong. You can't have Victor Mete up against Austin Matthews. Right? Like, so when, think, they're, when they're on their game. Right. No, Justin, I know exactly what you're saying. What, you're talking about Sharon and Weber when they're on their like, game? Like, in the bubble. When they're on their game, you can't, they're a wall. In the oh, corners, you're wall, not getting please. that puck. In front of the net, you're not getting anywhere. They're also, they also lack a tremendous amount of foot speed. Yeah, Mark, but that's what Petrie so, makes up for. I wish well, Mete was also on the third pairing to make up for that, but he's not. Can I say something? People overvalue. We're not overvalue, but they overestimate the fact that the playoffs are some it's basically like people are saying like oh the regular season is all about speed and then we get to the playoffs and it's all about grit i understand there's there's more aggressiveness Mm -hmm. and there's more leadership involved and all of that stuff but at the end of the day it's the same game just a without penalties being called and a little bit more aggressiveness in the corners well everything's tighter right there's not going to be... Well, I hope. This is what I hope. There shouldn't be room for Mitch Marner to skate into the offensive zone with his back facing the net. Well, then you're, then you're crazy for thinking that. Because he's be going tighter. to do it. It should be tighter and it should be... Get the hell out of our offensive zone. Well, let's see if Sherrod and Weber and Romanov and Merrill can, can show us that. Because I'm you know an- who's actually been the best defenseman so far? Aside from Petrie? Brett Kulak. I am not yeah. even joking. Yeah, he's been good. The... If we started the season and I said, if I made the hot take, Brett Kulak is going to be our best defenseman aside from Petrie this year, there would have been a bullet in my head. <laughs> what if I would have said that Eric Gustafson was going to be a Montreal Canadian? I don't know. I mean, like when we, when we traded for this guy, I'm like, oh, wow, he put up 50 points a few years ago, a few years back. He's pretty good on the power play. He reeks. He's pretty good on the power play. He looks like he's, uh, he's nervous. <laughs> This guy literally, I'm sure it's on his contract. There's an, ast- there's an asterisk. It says, we will pay you a bonus if you make a tape-to-tape pass. Because he can't. He can't make a tape-to-tape pass. He skates over the puck and lets Trevor Lewis burn him. This guy sucks. And there's no chance that he should be even considered if someone goes down, God forbid, in the playoffs. Because there's, thank God there's Merrill. Merrill hasn't been amazing, but at least he's there. Just in case. But right now, defensively, you have Weber Sherratt, Petrie Edmondson, Romanov Kulak. That's your lineup. Game one, Scotiabank Arena. It has to be. And Kulak and Romanov play nine minutes. Merci, bonsoir. I hate it. I hate it. It has to be. Romanov can't be out there. It doesn't have to be anything, Mark. It really doesn't. Romanov literally plays three minutes for one shift. I know. He's. If he does that in the playoffs, 
Matthews and Marner are literally going to bully, bully him. And Pajama Boy is going to be laughing from the bench. He sucks. I hate him. Whatever. So, Forwards? in other news, right? <laughs> in, uh, in other news. Is, another Brandon, news. is Brandon Gallagher coming back? He should be. He looked to be taking some nice slap shots in practice. So, we need that guy so badly. And Philip Dano. Tatar needs him. Tatar has been rustier than a 1996 Honda Civic. <laughs> I feel like this episode has been like all over the place. Like we're bouncing from. It's fine because we're a bit tense. I'm tense. I'm tense because you want me to tell you the real reason why I'm tense? Because it's the halves and we don't know how they're going to play. That. <laughs> and also the fact that I feel like when the halves go into the playoffs. And. I'm speaking in recent memory here. So, let's go back to... I mean, 2014, they were a strong team, right? They were... They was were that Halak? 2014? No, I don't think so. What was Halak? Oh, 2009 that, was Halak. What am I, what am I 20, saying? 2014 was when Price went down, I believe. That was the Tokarski uh, run. Right. And they were a strong team going into the playoffs. Like, they l- legitimately had a chance. But here's my thing. The Habs, I feel like whenever they enter the playoffs... For what it's worth, whenever they... I don't know how many times that they've entered the playoffs in the past 10 years. But regardless, I feel like they're never a team to beat. They're always a te- they're always the underdog. Uh, 2017, they won the Atlantic Division. Right, and then what happened? Bounced in the first round. Yeah, because Henrik Lundqvist literally was an absolute wall. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that... What I'm saying is that I feel like, look, like now we're going into these playoffs, the underdog with very minimal expectations. And what? Let's just say, worst case, right? We get bounced from the playoffs and we lose first round to the Leafs. Then what? Then well, what? Like, what's next? Flip the coin. That's the problem, Mark. No, but flip the coin. What if it goes the other way around? What's next for the Toronto Maple Leafs? There's okay, so well, much we don't, pressure. we don't care about those guys. Yeah, I, don't get, I, don't, I really don't care about them. But there's so much pressure on both ends. That I'm curious to see how it goes because, like Tony said, there's Tatar, there's Dano, there's Armia who all need contracts. Armia's gone, long gone. Is he in your lineup game one? My God, I don't know who's in my lineup game one. I've seen mock lineups where Caulfield doesn't crack the lineup, which I've heard is a legitimate possibility, which freaks me out. People are saying that Caulfield will be slotted in once they return to Montreal because they have second change again. Blows my mind. Okay, but... Okay, fine. You could look at it in a more specific manner, and I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. But at the end of the day, a guy who can score at ease like him, where you're lacking goals... Lacking goals? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but I'm putting the emphasis on lacking there? Like, what? No, you know, I really... I could make all the mock lineups I want... Dominic Ducharme's going to throw it in a blender, say, Mark, I don't care about your mock lineup. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I'm going to put Eric Stahl on my first line and my first power play and the PK. You know what? Let's give him 25 minutes of ice time. Because you know what's happen? crazy? You know what's crazy, though? Sorry to cut you off, but you're making a joke about that, but that it's actually happen. has happened. I'm making a joke, but it's going to happen because we're going to go in game one. The lineup's going to be written on the board. Someone's going to take a picture of it. Renaud Lavois is going to tweet it on, on Twitter. And then I'm going to retweet it on Twitter. You're going to retweet it on Twitter. And the center lineup is going to say 24, 14, 71, and 21. You think KK is out? And 22 won't be in the lineup either. Kotkaniemi and Caulfield, which I completely disagree with, they should be in the lineup, will not. And it's sad to say. Why did Eric Stahl sit um, the last game? For rest. Exactly. Rest for what? The playoffs. It's sad. It's sad that this team... Like, look, it's fun to win the playoffs right now. But I, I want this team to win cups. And this team's going to win cups when Kotkaniemi, Suzuki, and Caulfield are elite players. How do you become elite if you're sitting in the stands? I'm sorry, but this... In the playoffs. So, I agree with you. But it also... You're also able to look at that on a much larger scale, right? Because if you want this team to win cups, it's going to take a lot more than being the 
I don't know where we finished in the standings exactly. You're the last place team to enter. Right. It's going to take a lot more than that. Yeah, I understand. Why does every Habs fan right now have so much confidence in us when we were the only team in the league standings with no X or E next to our name? The bubble. The bubble. We have that underdog type mentality because Mark, of the bubble. the bubble... The bubble, unfortunately, I'm sorry, but COVID is going to end at one point. Yeah, I know, but let's hope. There's not going to be any more bubble. No, no, I'm just it's, saying it was turn into the reality. bubble. The previous bubble, I know there's no more bubbles. It was the bubble that gave us this hope. I'm, I'm just saying that I won't be happy when Eric's... If Eric Stahl was playing like prime Eric Stahl, I'd be like, get him in there. Yeah, but... He's, he's not playing well. God. It's not like he's... If it's you so compare him and Kotkaniemi, Kotkaniemi's struggling. But Eric Stahl's struggling also. Eric Stahl skates at three miles per hour. He's not even winning face-offs, man. <laughs> no, like, what is he doing? I literally I'm have sorry, no idea what he's doing. I don't know where that doing. man came from, but he's not winning face-offs. So what is he doing? I literally have no clue what he's doing on the ice. He's slow. Can't win face-offs. He scored one magical goal against the Edmonton. That was fun. That was fun because I'm like, oh, wow, look at him. He's having a good time because he's finally out of Buffalo. And that, I think that was the, the last we've seen of Eric's, the last we've seen of Eric Stahl. Who left Buffalo? Taylor Hall? He's doing amazing. Who else left Buffalo? Bjork. Bjork. No, Bjork no, he went is in. in Buffalo. He went in. And he's doing weirdly well. Yeah, I feel like someone else left. Whatever. It's possible. Eric Stahl's another guy who left. What is he doing? Nothing. I mean, I didn't really expect much from him to be completely honest I didn't expect much, but I didn't expect him to ruin the depth chart of the Montreal Canadiens because it's ruined now. It really is because now, because now like instead, if Eric Stahl was never acquired, the centers would be 24, 14, 15, 71. And now it's, now it, there's a toss up because of, because of 21. The Montreal Canadiens will, will try to win the series or if the Montreal Canadiens win the if series, if they win the series, this, there's going to be a party. There's going to be parties, bro. I, no, no, I'm just saying, if if they want to win the series, the way they do it is fast-paced, four lines rolling hockey like they did at the start of the season. Oh, yeah, so let's get Sherrod in the lineup. He's no, fast. no, I'm not talking about defense. I'm talking about four lines no, of offense. No, I'm talking about defense because that's been our liability all season. But Eric Stahl and Corey Perry on the same line. With Cole Caulfield. <laughs> how slow is that line? The average age of that line is like 32 and a half and Caulfield's 19. <laughs> It literally... Or 20. If you, you have to make four lines that when the fourth line is out, and that fourth line should be Jake Evans, okay. they play the same way as the first line. Let's mock the lines then. We're talking so much about it. Let's mock it. What we want to see. What Not we want to see... Okay, how about this? Should I channel my inner Dom Ducharme and put no, the No, 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 no. Let's see... Okay, you give what you want to see. I'll give what I want to see. Then we'll go into the first ma- round matchups and give our predictions. Okay. Yeah, because right now, the, this rambling, man... We're at the 40-minute mark. I keep saying, man, what's with this? I think <laughs> I'm just on edge. We're, we're tense. I'm literally... I'm tense for the series because I want to see my team succeed, but at the same time... But I there's no like, expectations, right? That's, that's the problem. Well, my expectation is that our coach is going to throw this series in the gutter because Whatever. he's going to put out the wrong lines. Okay. So, Mark, I'm throwing it on to you now because I'm the host now. <laughs> <laughs> Line one. Let's hear it. Assuming, assu- sorry, assuming that the only guy not coming back is Jonathan Joy. Jonathan Joy. Philip Dano, Thomas Tatar, and Brendan Gallagher. Okay. That goes up against Matthews. So that's my same line as well. I just, because I don't want to reiterate that, but go mm-hmm. ahead. Then my second line? Yeah. Nick Suzuki, Tyler Toffoli, and Yol Armia. Okay. I'm fine with that. Because you have to have Armia to get the puck in the corner. So can I guess your third line? Yeah. Caught Kenny Yes. Josh Anderson, Cole Caulfield. Yes. Because I would have the same thing. Uh, you know anyone... what's crazy, Mark? Is that... It's not going to happen. No, but no, but that's not the crazy thing. Is that check Twitter, check Instagram, check any social media platform that has anything revolving around the Habs. Everyone has the same mocked lines. Except, Everyone. Except for Dom the man who's going to put Eric Stahl in the lineup. And then he, anyway, last line, Evans, Lekin, and Paul Byron. Done. Defense, I don't really care well, because wait. they're all slow. Hold on. Oh, please don't start with me. Lekin is not getting out of the lineup, if that's what you're about to say. Corey Perry needs to be in the lineup game one. Right, 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 right. And Maybe instead of Joel Armia. 
Maybe, maybe. Yeah, Why that's not, a good right. I would. That's the guy I take out. But it's not going to be. It's going to be. A, I, but I don't mind if Ar- I don't mind if Perry's not in first game. Like he has to be. He has to. Maybe be. game one, but I don't know about game two. Whatever. Because what you, you have mean? to win game one. Game one's the most important game of the series, in my opinion. You have to win one in Toronto, and the one you want to win is the first one because you put pressure on them. But you're not going to do it with 2010 Team Canada on your team. Price. Oh, no, not Price. Sorry. We need Luongo. Yeah, man. I We'd have know. Weber, Stahl, Perry. Take out the gold medals. Matthew's literally going to skate circles around those guys. He's going to skate circles around our defense. I'm, I'm going to be happy if Kotkin Yemi's in the lineup because I feel like he just needs one shift. He needs... He needs one shift or one like lucky bounce off his ass or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm serious. No, no, that, I like, know what you mean. You just need that little boost of confidence because, like we've said, probably in the first episode, he was on a breakaway, he, turned around, and passed it. Yeah, I don't know what that was, <laughs> but he and it was a nice play, right? He looked like he was he had he, speed. Should have shot it. Right, but what I'm saying is that he's one player in particular. Every player. Um, Benefits from confidence, mm-hmm. but he's one player in particular yeah. that, with a boost of confidence, his his game changes dynamically. Like he was skating against Calgary. You saw not Calgary. What am I saying? Edmonton. The last game. He was skating. He was engaged. Yeah, because there was no pressure really. Quote and he unquote. just well on him. I think there was. Well, there was, but I mean, like that game. Like there was yeah. no pressure to win the game. But like, he just needed that one bounce, that one. And he's playing with the 1993 Honda Civic on his left. Thomas Tatar. But whatever. All right, so let's go into the predictions. Let's do it. So, can we ignore I'll, Montreal, Toronto? Yeah, let's ignore that because, because too much. Bias, I mean, I know who I want to win, but I know, but I kind of have an idea who will win. Exactly. So whatever. Anyway, everyone knows. And that. you know, by the way, I don't want any anyone listening to this to say, "Oh, well, you know, you're not a Habs fan because you don't think they're gonna win." I want them to win, but let's be realistic, okay? They need to play perfect hockey. Right. And they haven't. And one more thing I want to point out is that, uh, so Mark and I are planning on you know doing some playoff previews, some Instagram lives mid game between uh, periods during the playoffs. Make sure to tune into that um, if you guys are interested. Obviously, if you guys have any other ideas, I know I say it every episode, but you know feel free to reach out to us. Contact us, yeah. So I'll name the series. You give me your pick, and then I'll give you my pick. Sounds good. So I'm gonna go from. The one other matchup in the north, then I'm going to go to the east, then the central, then the west. Oh, we're starting with the other north. Okay. okay. You know what? We could skip that. I'll do that last. We'll go okay. with the east first. I'm scared for that one because I really have no yeah, idea. neither do I. Anyway, imagine one of us gets it all right. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. All right. Pittsburgh Islanders. Uh, Penguins in six. Oh, we're giving games too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we have to go all in here. Yeah, but what if I copy you? Then I look like an idiot. No, no. It's just you're asking me first. So you know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Pittsburgh in seven. Okay. Okay. Washington, Boston. Boston in seven. Boston in six for me. I like Boston, though. I, I think Washington's a, a little overrated. I'm going to give them... I'm or maybe, give, not, maybe not appreciated enough. Who knows? I don't I'm gonna know I'm going to go even further. At. Three goals from Taylor Hall in this series. Whoa. Okay. He's a playoff... I think he can be a, player, a playoff performer. He mm-hmm. wasn't my GM, so... On NHL 21, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. now, we're going, now we're going back to this <laughs> to Jason. simulation. Okay, anyway. Carolina, Nashville. Uh, Carolina in four. I'm, take, take I'm taking brooms. Carolina in five. Yeah. I think I like Nashville at home to win one game. Or two, so five or six for me, but we'll keep it at that. We'll keep mm-hmm. it at five. Florida, Tampa. I'm going to go first because I don't want you to take my answer. Florida in uh, seven. Florida in six. Florida in seven for me. Okay. Uh, I still took your answer. <laughs> uh, Colorado, St. Louis. Uh, Colorado in five. I, Ryan O'Reilly sneaks a little overtime game away. I'm gonna go Colorado in four, just because I think I don't I don't know why, but anyway. Okay. All right, Vegas, Minnesota. Vegas in five. So thrill I'm gonna go thrill. Minnesota in four. I'm joking. Okay, I was gonna be like, <laughs> Kaprizov's good, but no, but I actually good. might go. You said in five. I said Vegas in five. Vegas in five. I think I'm going to go Vegas in seven. Wow. I think Minnesota has something to prove, but we'll see about that. Lastly, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Uh, sorry, rephrase that. McDavid versus Winnipeg. <laughs> I'm not even joking when I say this. I know you're not. He's So, sorry. 
McDavid versus Winnipeg. Why was McDavid on the ice Him in and game too. 56 of Dreisaitl the regular too. season? And Mike Smith, he put a starter on. And I'm not saying and then Mike, Mike Smith, Smith got injured. And I'm not saying Mike Smith is Andre Vasilevsky. I'm saying that your backup is Miko Koskinen. Is worse than a shooter tutor. <laughs> and you're risking. And Mike Smith's having a great season, by the way, right? Exactly. So imagine Mike yeah. Smith goes down. I don't down. know why. I don't know the, the point of that necessarily. If Koskinen would have played the series, they're getting swept. Oh, I agree with that. Unless McDavid. Well, it was McDavid. So you can't even. You McDavid's can't even, so good. Yeah. Winnipeg, if, they're, if McDavid was good at hockey. And not an absolute animal, I would say Winnipeg would take this because of their top six. But McDavid is the top right. six. So you're taking Edmonton? Edmonton in six. Okay. I'm going to go Winnipeg in seven. Wow. I like the top six, and I think they've been playing terrible hockey, and that's got to change at some point, right? All right. So now we're not going to go between you know every semifinal game, but who do you, who do you have... Oh, so I know it's a little weird who comes, who ends up in the finals on both sides, but I want to hear who you have in the finals on both sides and then your cup winner. Well, I, mean, I, have I don't the know guy... putting you on the spot there, but yeah, well, there's the guy who comes out of the North, which if we're looking at, let's so, just, sorry, just, just to clarify, it's going to, in the semifinal, it'll be uh North versus West. Like so, so for example, well, the Canadian teams versus the Colorado, the Minnesota. No, it's not. It's, it's not North. It's North versus. Are you Are you sure? I have it right here, though. I thought it was North versus Central. I don't know. Oh, okay. It might be. Okay. I thought it was, because I don't know what they're doing. It's a different bracket this year because of, whatever. It should be. North versus the West. You're right. No, you're right. So so what is it? It's North versus Central? Yes. And then East versus West. That's yeah. weird. That's really, really weird. Because there's more West teams in the North Division than there are West teams in the Central. There's only Nashville. Yeah, I'm a little confused. It's a little weird, but hey. Or vice versa. Or in the East, sorry. There's no West teams in the East. So why are they playing? Yeah, the... I'm a little. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Anyway, okay. Let's hear what you have to say. So so it's going to be North versus Central and then East versus West. So Here, who are your teams there? So here's what I'm saying. I'm not going to say the North because I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> well, just give us a prediction, whatever. You could say the Leafs if you want. Don't cry. No one will shame you. Well, I don't want to shame myself because <laughs> I, I believe in my team that they're going to come out and give oh, a strong effort. Oh, here we go with this. But Look, I agree with you, but you don't need to put on a show for the viewers here or the listeners. <laughs> okay. Toronto, Carolina. Toronto, Carolina. Okay. Wow, you said Toronto? Nah. You can't do that. You can't do that. Please prove me wrong, Montreal. Please. Like, I hope. Because I want this team to succeed. Because I think if Toronto makes it past Montreal, then I think Toronto takes whoever. Exactly. They're not making it past. They go to the conference finals easy if they make it past Montreal. Because the Habs are just so strong that (laughs) if you beat them, you're going to be good. You can beat anyone. You can beat anyone. (laughs) <laughs> okay, anyway, so you have uh, Toronto, and you said who? Carolina. Carolina. And then? Boston, Colorado. Boston, Colorado. Okay, interesting. And then who do you have making it to the finals? Colorado, Carolina. So for me, Carolina is my Stanley Cup pick. Wow. But... Taking it back a step here. They play against it's Minnesota, between, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's between Colorado and Vegas for me. Yeah. That's I'm the, not really sure. But but that's my you know, yeah. my idea. I haven't filled out my bracket entirely, but this we'll is my it. mock bracket. Right. M- things might change. For sure. Um but yeah, that's what I have right now. I'm I don't know what to expect from Montreal. Yeah, neither do I. But we'll see, right? You can only wait and see. And go into the go into playoffs with zero expectations. And I want to bring this up just before I forget because on Instagram <laughs> I we we put out a story saying who do you think is going to score the first goal? That's partly my fault because I put that out. It was against 
was it Edmonton? Was it the crazy Edmonton game? Uh, where the no, where Byron went crazy? It was against it was against Edmonton. Yeah. So I'm gonna say clinched. this. I'm just double checking on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> because if I don't mention this, I'm gonna get backlash because the person who got this right was my sister. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I texted you right away. So we asked who's gonna score the first goal, and she said Jake Evans. <laughs> What a pick. And so, that was a nice goal, too. So here we go. The right answer was Jake Evans. <laughs> Congratulations at Cass Bertaggia on Instagram. I see the pain in your eyes right now. Well, it's not pain. No, but I mean, like, I so don't I'm know. I'm happy for her. She no, got it right. I, I know. She, I'm happy she knows players. She knows Jake Evans. Because I told her, I'm like, you know who Jake Evans is? And what number does he wear? Right? Um. That's hilarious. But good for her. There's her shout out because she wouldn't have been happy if we went through 50 minutes of talking without her shout out. <laughs> so there it is. She's going to skip to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Great guess. Hopefully. Uh, and we'll set more stuff up like that for playoff exactly. games. Exactly. Hopefully she predicts the playoff series correct. Yeah. Maybe another Jake Evans. I'd love that. I want to know how you guys feel about the series. So we'll put up stories like Justin just right. said. Contact us. We're gonna we're gonna try and do a live Instagrams. We're gonna try our best to see your we'll comments. We'll probably be together for the games. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, if curfew gets, hopefully the games are you know seven or before so that we're able to actually sit comfortably and watch outside. Lego's pretty active on Twitter, so maybe we can just send them something. <laughs> hey Lego, lift the curfew so we can watch the games. Exactly. So, uh, do you have anything else to add about this playoff bracket? You have Carolina winning the Stanley Cup. I have Carolina winning the Stanley Cup. I have the Cup. Colorado Avalanche. But that's Thank my matchup. So our, my matchup is potentially Colorado, Carolina. So potentially, okay. So we might be it's pretty cool. We're either gonna be really on, or we're gonna be completely off. Where Minnesota plays Florida. Right. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Habs Culture Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one.